0: Jimmy, a couple of things I want to reference before I begin the message, and one is an insert, John referenced that, but I want to encourage you uh, to fill this out. We want to do a better job of engaging people at a point of need for our midweek experience. On Wednesdays, uh, every second Wednesday we have a meal, but we've been offering courses and study groups and different kinds of ministries, and we want uh, to really uh, speak to your life and speak into your life through opportunities that are relative. And so please fill this out, and and if you haven't already, and maybe just drop it in the offering plate on the way out today, or hand it to one of the ushers, and they'll get it to us, but that's important. Also, you'll see a little section in your bulletin related to taking care of God's house. There is a team of folks that currently are helping um, to allow us to be better stewards and we need to grow that team. And what they do is one day a week, uh, they usually come in sometimes two days a week. Most of them are retired and they help replace light bulbs and assess plumbing issues and look at landscaping things that need to be done. And so if you're able to help out as one of the stewards of the church, we'd love for you to help us care for God's house. Today as we begin our time together in this message, let us pray. God, we thank you for this morning. And as we highlight mothers, we make no one person an idol. Neither do we make ourselves an idol. God, we do thank you for all of those female figures, all of those persons of character as women who have invested in us, who have made a deposit. And so now we ask that you would help us to invest in others. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Some of you may have heard of the name Danny Warfel. Danny Warfel was a star quarterback for the University of Florida Gators. In the mid-90s, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. He went on to have a pro career, and he had great success. And and some of the media asked him, what was it that made you so successful in so many categories of your life? And and they asked, would you put in written form how your amazingly successful career uh, came about to give you such accomplishments, and and so he began to write this article, and in this article, he says, all my life, there has been a little voice inside of me. Whenever I came to a barrier or something that stood in the way of my progress, maybe a closed door, I would hear a small, clear voice that would say, You are so strong. You can kick that door down. He said, when I would come to a (coughs) test or an exam in an academic setting, I, I would hear a voice that would say, you are so smart. You are so bright. You are going to ace that test. He said, when I... Came to athletic competitions and when I was playing football or on the track team, he said, I would face a challenge and he heard this voice, he said, this little voice said, you are so fast, you run so fast, you run like the wind. And he said, I would have to credit my success to the moment of self-talk, of hearing this deep-seated belief that I could achieve just about anything. And he said that encouraging word really drove me. Well, we called together on Mother's Day. And Mother's Day, just on hearing that phrase, Happy Mother's Day. Well, to be honest, it conjures up. A variety of images and different kinds of emotions for some individuals. For most of the people here today, Mother's Day reminds them of a person that that stands as a positive and gracious entity in one's life. For others, that image may come uh, to mind of someone that is extremely inconsistent, broken, broken. And dysfunctional in ways of relating. To or maybe that person has been absent. For some today, Mother's Day may be really the first day since the death of your own mother. And so there's some lingering grief. There's a feeling of emptiness. For others, there are those who have longed to be a mother. Or maybe you have a daughter that longs to be a mother, and that has not happened. I'm not so naive as to think that Mother's Day is simply cards and flowers and a Sunday brunch after worship. It, it at times can be complicated, but I think as followers of Christ, we're not here to be overly evaluative we're just simply here to be grateful and really we don't have to necessarily uh, tighten our focus uh, to mother figures because i think this message speaks to really anybody that has made an investment in our lives so i encourage you to journey with me as we take a look at the passage that jimmy read for us today now paul is writing from prison and this particular epistle strikes a more somber tone. It's really the last time he will be in prison and he knows that. Previously he's written and he was under house arrest and and so he could teach and and he could uh, communicate to others and still be about the ministry but now he's in a cold dungeon awaiting death. And I, I think about Those moments where we hear the last thing said from somebody. Those are important moments, aren't they? And so these are his last words, really, to Timothy. His son in the faith. And Paul is waiting to die. And here's what he says to him. I am reminded of your sincere which was first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. I I love those names, don't you? They sound like a lot of the names that that come from some of my relatives in Eastern Kentucky. (laughs) Lois and Eunice. I've got some interesting names uh, in Eastern Kentucky. One of my... uh, cousins, uh, she's deceased now, Isael, and, and Olima, and Luella, and Leota, I've got them all. <laughs> and, and Lois and Eunice kind of sound like some of those from my, my Appalachian background. But oh, how marvelous they must have been. Wouldn't you have loved to met Lois and Eunice? You see, Timothy's Grandmother and mother were some of the early converts to the Christian faith. The uh, the father of Timothy was a Jewish man. He was not a convert. That didn't keep the mother from continuing to invest spiritually. And her son. And so Paul is saying, Timothy, I can see the likeness of your mother, not only in appearance, but in her strong belief in God. And I can see the reflection of your grandmother's faith. And your mother and your grandmother have given you a very special gift the gift of faith that was once found in them. The gift of faith that was once found in them. And so today, we celebrate. Those matriarchal figures, those female figures that have been invested in us. And once again, I want to say to you this may be biological, it may be platonic, it may be uh, in terms of mentoring people that have spoken into your life that are female. We celebrate that today. And, and there are gifts of a mother, and in this case, a grandmother for Timothy. And I'd like to highlight some of those. You have your message notes. I encourage you to follow along. First of all, I think it's an affirmation, and there is an affirmation all through Scripture, that women are a blessing from the Lord. And in many cases, to partner with men to serve the Lord and to do the will of the Lord. Today, I honor the the women of my life who have invested in me? My own mother, Patricia Yvonne Steffen, died of cancer eight years ago. I'm grateful for my mom, and then I think of the mother of my children, Delia Lee Steffen. I love the mother of. I'm in love with the mother of my children. And my mother-in-law, I'm truly grateful for her. She's been going through a, a transformation as she gets closer to being with Jesus. And the aging process has made her decline and as my wife mothers her mother, we continue to celebrate Carrie Sue's life and her legacy, and the things she invested in us. And so we're giving back and grateful to be able to do that. And and, and for the blessing of life, what a wonderful privilege. And, and David, the psalmist, says that to the woman, he celebrates. To God, he recognizes the role of a, a woman, in, in his case, uh, his mother. And in his prayer, he says, For you created my inmost being, O God. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You knit me together. You orchestrated all of me You knew my inward parts, and you formed me in my mother's womb. Jim Gaffigan, I like him as a comedian, and he talks about the biological role a woman plays in generating life. He says, women are amazing, aren't they? A woman can grow a baby inside her body. A woman can deliver the baby through her body, an incredible miracle. A woman can feed the baby with her body, amazing. And then he pauses and says, and what did the man contribute? (laughs) I'll let John speak to that on Father's Day. (laughs) Some of you men are like, hey, I played a role. we are grateful for those who helped give us life. What a miracle it is. Delia's gotten kind of caught up in this show called Cold Midwife. Maybe some of you know it, I think it's on PBS. I've never really watched it, I've only heard it. As I'm walking through the house, these women with British accents are speaking in a way that I don't fully understand. And I hear the scream of women in <coughs> the birthing process. And Jordan and my, my son Jordan and I make fun, and I'll say, What do you think the plot's about in this one? <laughs> he says, I think it's going to be somebody giving a birth. <laughs> uh, there's something wonderful about that privilege. It's a high calling. Be the place where God generates life. Wow. I think that's why Mary said, I am blessed and highly favored. They you. life unfolds, but also so many mothers are a provider of a what Paul called, for Timothy, a sincere faith. And that starts early. One woman I know says that she remembers her mother singing to her even while she was in the womb. Somehow, mystically, she remembers her mother singing amazing grace while she was being carried by her mother. I think of Ellen, and I, no wonder those two boys for Ellen Hansen came out singing. They heard their mother singing while they were in the room. Susanna Wesley, the mother of John and Charles Wesley, was a very intentional mother. She bore 19 children in 21 years. She lost 10 of them. And her neighbors marveled at her ability to organize the home in a day when there weren't many conveniences. And every afternoon, she would take a child, and in the privacy of a room, she would share with them how God loved them, that God had a plan for their life, and they should be their very best selves. Well, from that, we are a the movement. They were both preachers, they were both hymn writers, and revival spread all through England under their leadership. And we're here today because a mother made a deposit in her children. They were asking Winston Churchill, looking back over your life in terms of a biographical sketch, in terms of people that have influenced you, uh, tell us some of your greatest teachers. They compiled the list, and he said, Oh, you need to. You've omitted a very important one that I thought I had spoken to you. The greatest teacher was my mother. There's something beautiful about teaching. Much of it can come through nonverbal. It is true, isn't it, that we kind of know the boundaries of our mothers and what they're willing to take and not take and how much... Uh, they'll stand for. I think about the boundaries in my own life and, and the boundaries that my mother set for me. I, I really like Mark Lowry. He tells about how his brother and him used to wrestle in the kitchen and, 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 and she, she would find them up under her feet in the kitchen and she'd say, now boys, I've about had enough. You've heard that. And he said, you know, I really wish God all could put a little red light that would flash about 10 seconds before mama had had enough. Because you could make a lot of tracks in 10 seconds. Mama, mama has had enough. It's true, isn't it? When mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? And you know the other part of that, don't you? When daddy ain't happy, nobody cares. <laughs> well, that's just daddy. He'll get over. It. <laughs> and so we we have before us this gift from God, these maternal figures, uh, biologically speaking, ones who give us actual human life, generators of life. We we have uh, these maternal figures that speak and have spoken a sincere faith into our lives. But they are also the ones that hold out hopes and dreams. I think about Hannah in the Old Testament and how she had prayed for a child yet struggled with barrenness, and in that culture, that was not a stigma you wanted to live with, but more importantly, she wanted to mother and parent a child and God granted her earnest prayer. And she writes, as you see in your message notes, I pray for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. He gave him over to the priest Eli and he was set apart. She had hopes. And she had dreams. And she prayed. There's nothing like a mother's prayer. And a grandmother's prayer. And she prayed those prayers. And God answered those prayers. It came after some time. But the prayers were answered. There's something beautiful about how a mother encourages. Calls us to be our very best. And it's interesting how different cultures and encapsulate that and capture that Tony Campolo who is a, a worldwide speaker grew up in Philadelphia and he said the difference between the Jewish child and the Italian child he said when a Jewish child would run to catch the bus the mother would say the Jewish mother would say don't forget your books but for the Italian child he being Italian his mother would say And Tony, don't forget your lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Hopes and dreams. Encouragers. That's when mothers are at their best. To give courage. Maybe when there's discourage. Benny Warfel said, I heard this voice, it was self-talk, it was a small voice that drove me forward to be my best self. And then he said, I had a dawning revelation. He said, I would go on to marry and have my first child. So my wife invited my mother to come, she was so excited. She wanted to be there to help with the baby. And after a couple of days of nurturing and giving the mother of break, this grandmother would be in the nursery working with the baby, caring for the baby. And he said, I could hear my mother's voice down the hall. And she would say, you are so strong. You are the strongest baby in the world. You're going to get bigger. And when you get bigger, you're going to run so fast. You're going to run like the wind. He said at that moment, he realized that that inner voice was his mother's voice. He went on to say, it was that voice that helped him hear the voice of God. Today, you, you need to do something if you haven't already. If you have a mother that is still living, it's okay that she was in a It really is. And maybe today is a day of forgiveness for you. But whether it is or isn't, I encourage you to express your gratitude. You can say, you know, Pastor Tim said, you've done a lot (laughs) from generating life to investing in me with a sincere faith to believing in me. Maybe mother has gone to be with the Lord, today I want to encourage you to take a moment to be grateful, to give thanks for all that she was and maybe all that she was not, but giving thanks that she probably did. And even falling short, God used her. It's a wonderful thing. I don't know about you, but I still do things because my mother told me to. This suit was laid out with a tie, with a t-shirt, with shoes and socks last night because there was still a voice that said, you need to get your clothes ready for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I am grateful for that. And when I did her funeral, which was a strange thing, I said, I'm dressed like this because she would have been disappointed otherwise so today I'm grateful for all of those women who Paul said and pointed to me a sincere thing, I made a deposit, and so must you be grateful in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.